This episode of No Quarter is sponsored by the Underground Retrocade. You love these games, and the way you want to play them is on the original cabinets. You want to see the side art, you want to feel the controls, and you want to hear Spandau Ballet on the stereo. And you may have heard that you can find that real arcade experience in the Chicago area, a place where you can play those classic games in an authentic arcade atmosphere. Can that be true? Why, yes it is, at the Underground Retrocade, 121 West Main Street, West Dundee, Illinois. Mike McGinnis. And he's Carrington Venston. And this is No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. I tried to throw you a curve there. Yeah, we were trying to be clever. Were we? I don't know, but... I'm <laughs> like sure, there's I'm a sure, pause, were I'm we? Sure, uh. <laughs> well, I'm sure they saw right through our sham anyway, so... Oh, they saw through our sham. Sham wow. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> was, yes, yes, folks, it's going to be one of those shows. It's going to be one of those shows. That's going to, it's going to be a short show, even though it's a big game. We're talking about one of the big ones this week. It Big is, but game. oddly, there's. I didn't find a lot to say about it. It sounds like you didn't either. I um, found tons to say. I've got like huge amounts of things. That, there's like a month. That is a lie, sir. Yes, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> to vamp. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to rhubarb or whatever they say. I'm going to drag it out. Uh, we did have one piece of sad news. Uh, video oh. game pioneer Ralph Bear passed away. So rest in peace. That disappoint. That totally disappoints me. Your contributions are monumental, and and we will miss you. Did you ever have a what did, what's the console? An Odyssey. I did for a while. Yeah, I had oh, one, but cool. I, I actually picked it up at a thrift shop for like fifteen dollars, uh, and I could never find any any carts for it, so I sold it to somebody. Oh, I'm and sure it's being. We, I hope it's being put to good use now, but I don't have it. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But yeah, basically, like you, obviously, it's a it's a it's a more complicated story. But you could boil it. Like, there's one version of of. And a true version of history, you could say, well, he basically invented the video game. <laughs> so, you know, minor, minor thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, I guess it doesn't, doesn't matter which version of the story you believe. He had a huge part in it no matter what. So, Yep, yep, absolutely. I mean, I consider him, essentially. I mean, nothing ever is really invented by a single person. There's a whole zeitgeist and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the reality is he invented video games. <laughs> he just was the guy who did it. Um, and then home stuff. And, and I think he was the... He did the Simon as well, right? Was his in addition? Yeah, the the, the memory matching. Yeah. It, was a, it was like a little round UFO thing, and there were four buttons on it. And they would light up and play a tone, and you had to repeat it back in the same order. And you could play with your friends. Very popular in the seventies, I think. This is how little we had to do. <laughs> right. This was this was a huge thing. People were like the lights will flash, and you will then press them, <laughs> and then you will get one of the pills that make you happy, <laughs> and your children will be entertained for hours. <laughs> this is how we. Can you imagine people. like trying to give those to one of your kids right now? They'd be like, uh, does this unlock some things? <laughs> Worst controller ever? Is this right. the new Xbox 360? See, it's round. So this clearly did that one. And what? <laughs> go red, go left, go green. Uh, yeah, no, wouldn't, wouldn't work. But um, yeah, uh, it's, a real, it's a real loss. But still, a dude who lived a long time and did a lot of stuff who puts my life to shame. <laughs> so there's that. Well, death comes for us all. Except me. You're going to live forever. Yes, that's the plan. I see. So far, <laughs> well, <laughs> flawless, uh, flawless execution up flawless to this point. Flawless victory. <laughs> um, yep. 
I, I didn't think that I would have to mention this, um, but I, I've had a few emails going, where are you on Facebook? Uh, so I last year I took all of December off of Facebook, and it was a good and wonderful thing. Um, and I decided that I would start a tradition and repeat it this year. So I will be back to Facebook and updating the No Quarter page in January. Until then, you're not going to see any updates from me. But you can email me and don't get a hold of me that way if you really, really have to. So I was on Facebook accidentally this week. Oh, I'm sorry. I took a photo in Instagram, and it decided it should go on Facebook. And so a bunch of people wrote me saying, hey, you're back on Facebook. I'm like, I am? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I am. I mean, I, I have a Facebook account. I'm just never on there. Right. It, it's confusing. I'm like, the, Twitter is so simple. Twitter is so simple and beautiful for, for a slow man like me. <laughs> Welcome to the Twitter cast. <laughs> so you know, what, you know what we don't have this week? What's that? Feedback. You know how many people wrote us this week? Oh, like, somebody like, wrote us, right? None. Oh, wow. wait. No, we got a suggestion for a um a song we could use in the sponsor bumper. But well, we got like that's... no as far as I know, we got no feedback on the game. We got no nobody wrote us about the suggestions. <laughs> like maybe everyone was upset that they didn't win. I guess. The, the well, I guess we'll just this, have to... Folks, this teaches us a bad lesson that we shouldn't have contests because you'll all get sulky. <laughs> or... I think maybe it's just everybody's busy shopping. Or it teaches us the other lesson that we should have more contests and give things. And so that everybody wins. That's right. We have Yay. to, if, we, if we've got like 3,000 listeners, we have to have 3,000 contests. Sounds good to be me. expensive. I don't think it sounds very good to the underground retrocade. Probably that's <laughs> going to get real expensive for Scott. Yeah. He's like, I can just buy games, dude. <laughs> but yeah, we got nothing. Nobody wrote wow. in, which probably means next week because people are hearing our pity right now. Please Poor write into us. us. We'll probably get feedback for next we'll week. Deluged, of course, yeah. Now no one will because I'll assume everybody else does. <laughs> um, but it's this time of year, I think. I mean, our, our listenership didn't spike downward, like the same number of, well, we don't know if anybody listens. The number of people downloaded. All three of them walked sit, away. It's sitting on their, on their iPads. Doesn't mean necessarily that they press play, That's but right. it, is, it is downloaded. Eventually, long term, over a long enough term. People will listen to that episode. Swipe so Mark far, is played. Yeah, no, no one has said anything. Well, all right then. I guess that'll uh, get us right into the game. This game I have heard of before. We are playing a game that that I I knew. <laughs> it's one of those exciting times where we play a, a big game. It is Donkey Kong Junior. Well, good. I'm, I'm I'm relieved because I, I wasn't sure I was playing the right game this week. <laughs> well, we're never sure if you're going to play the right <laughs> game. Now you have a rep. <laughs> oh boy! Um, yeah, so 1982 Nintendo game, uh, sequel of sorts to the original Donkey Kong, <laughs> and and one of the good ones. I will jump ahead to my overall review to say I like this game a lot. Me too. Okay. Um, and the little pause, me too, there was sort of this intentional, yep, and that's all I have to say about it. I got lots of things to yeah, say. Yeah, we got, we got plenty to say. Um, yeah, released in August of 1982 in Japan, showed up in uh, the U.S. shortly after that. Um, and it's, I, I like it because it's, it's a direct sequel. Uh, in this case, you play the bad guy, uh, or I'm sorry, you play the son of, of Donkey Kong, and you're rescuing your father from Mario, who's been recast as the bad guy. Mm -hmm. I think this is the only time, the only game in which Mario is an actual, like, out-and-out -out villain. I think from then on, Mario was always, like, the hero. People can yeah, write it if I'm wrong. You know, remember when people wrote in? Well, this would be one of those times <laughs> where they could do that. But I'm pretty sure, I'm going to go out on that limb, this windy, windy limb, to say, I think this is the, the first and only time Mario is technically the full-on villain in a game. Yeah, in the, in the entire franchise of, of Mario so. games. Yep, that's... Not surprising. You you kind of want you know you establish a a trope or meme or character, I guess, 
uh, for your video games, and Nintendo has done that, and they don't want to. They don't want to change how that's viewed by the children who buy their game, or by the children who play their games and the parents who buy them. And yet, I wonder. I guess there's another way to look at. It. I mean, Mario, who was just called Jumpman in the original Donkey Kong, so by this point in the sequel, Mario's got a name. Um, so he's essentially the bad guy, and, and he's captured or recaptured Donkey Kong and stuck him in a cage. But Another way to spin it is maybe this is just like a revenge thing for DK capturing <laughs> Pauline. So it could oh. be that he's not because that's what happened in the in the first that was first movie, first game. So in a sense, it's more of like it's a sequel, it's a tit for tat thing or something. Um, but I suspect Pauline could have handled this herself. Like I don't. It's kind of weird that Donkey Kong Junior comes in and is the like like if this was a true sequel, shouldn't it be DK gets is is or or Jumpman is is captured, and it's Pauline that comes, and we like we we reverse it from the original show. It's weird that they bring in Junior. I think well, that's where I would have gone, but I'm not Japanese, mm. so I don't know. Anyway, so Donkey Kong needs to be rescued, uh, and his rescuer is the the eponymous Donkey Kong Junior. Um, although it should be Pauline, just saying. <laughs> and, uh, I though, all that aside, really like Donkey Kong Jr. as a character, like in the game, as the the look of the sprite and the way you move and the way you climb and jump um, is fantastic. And I find this just in the mechanics a far more enjoyable game to play than the original Donkey Kong. I think. Um, Again, going out of my limb, I think this is a vastly superior game and a much more fun game to play than the original Donkey Kong. I Absolutely. think it's always yeah. an improvement. Yep. As as the baby ape, I guess, uh, Donkey Kong Jr. Oh, yeah, ape, not monkey. Right. Yeah, there's a lot more. Um, the character, because of the sprite animations, has a lot more personality, and, and mm-hmm. there's a lot more. It's easier to connect to to the character when in, when you're losing and um you play this baby ape and he wears this white unitard with a big j on the front awesome. um and um <laughs> and you it's it's like the original donkey kong there's uh four stages and you basically you know it, it's very similar at least in design at, at that level to the first donkey kong uh but the actual um as far as patterns and and the enemies that you see in the way you play the game it's i, I like it because it came out really close to Donkey Kong actually as far as the game releases go but it's so different from the original. Mm-hmm. Also I find like in in the stage like there's four stages to this game and I find just in like looks alone even and what's going on in the stage the first stage the vine stage looks like something that would be a fourth stage or an end stage in other games. Like and so it even feels like a game that's kind of picking up from other games. The first game the first stage of the original Donkey Kong is not dull, but like pretty, you know, there's barrels and there's ramps and you run up them. And it feels like a, a stage one where stage one for Donkey Kong Jr. Feels like a stage four or stage five. Oh it's not, goodness, not yeah. in how hard it is, but in the way it looks, there's these vines and the different areas you go through and much more interesting. They're very, um, a lot of variations. Uh, there's, there's a lot of enemies that come at you even from the very beginning. And this is a game. I think that, benefits you know i it would for me anyway it would be be very expensive if i were putting quarters into this into a a in a real arcade cabinet because there's so much repetition and and trial and error and and timing and just doing it over and over and over again but even even and you had that in the first game but but for some reason this feels less repetitive than the first game 
I totally agree. And just like the original, like the, the basic notion is you're going to begin down in one corner and have to make your way up through a platformy type maze um, and then get to a key, essentially, that would unlock the cage. But of course, it being only stage one, Mario says, no, 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 and <laughs> pushes away the cage and we go on to stage two. Um, but there's just there, – visually, there's so much more going on than the original Donkey Kong. And we introduced the, the really fun climbing mechanic that Donkey Kong Jr., who looks adorable in his little unitard, yeah. it's just great. But there are these chains, and they're spread apart enough that you can climb up and slide down them either on a single chain, like one chain, or you can reach across with your ape arms and two-handed up. And if you grab two chains, you can climb up way faster than if you're climbing up the, the one rope, essentially. Um, and it's sort of the opposite going down. If you have two hands, you can go down you know, at the normal speed, but if you grab one rope, you can just sort of slide down. So you've got these two climbing and sliding mechanics and that can vary your speed. And just that alone is such a great mechanic because you can really use that to like slide down really quickly or go up really quickly to avoid an enemy or sort of pause for a bit and wait and make a run for a fruit because just like in a lot of games of the period, there's these little fruits you can get and they'll give you points and they're optional, but a great way to add to your points, but they also tempt you say, Hey, do you want to spend a little more time here and try to grab that cherry? But maybe a bird will come in, or I think they're called nitpickers. Maybe a nitpicker will come, <laughs> and, you know, peck at you. And, and, if, and like in most of these games, if an enemy touches you, that is one of the ways you can die. You can also die if you fall from too great a height um, or uh, there's a timer that counts down as well. So if you uh, have the timer run out, on you you will die i find in general the timer i don't worry about it i will die <laughs> in another way like i, I yeah. don't run out of time on these games it's got to be there i think because otherwise somebody could literally just stand in a place an enemy can't reach you and, they, and then just leave the arcade so they kind of have to have a timer but the timer is not really there to make you lose it just means you have to continue to play you can't walk away and then it does give you bonus points if you have extra time so if you're going for a super high score hint i don't then um you know you want to sort of maximize your timer i guess to to add to that score but that's not that's for you know people making making high score lists that's not people <laughs> who have as many digits as i do at my score i'm just playing for fun yeah, well, I, I will uh, uh, not completely spoiler it, but I didn't. I probably did worse than you on this. Um, I think I'd be surprised. <laughs> Look at the, my screenshots. The, the, the chain mechanic is interesting because it took me most of this week to kind of figure out how that works. If, I struggled for a long time just getting past that first level because I kept forgetting that you know if there's one of these snap jaws coming down the chain, well, I can just move to the left instead of like fleeing all the way to the bottom of the screen and jumping out of the way. Uh, because when you're on the vine, you, so you've got the position where you can you can be on facing to the left or facing to the right, and then you can be spread between the two, the two chains, and you can just it, it's easier to maneuver uh, around the the snap jaws that are coming down at you um, because of that. But I always panic and and start hitting. Oh, I gotta run, and um, that was that was a tough one for me to to figure out. Um, again, this is, uh, you know, like in, in the first level of the first Donkey Kong, it's jump over the barrel or hit it with the hammer. And that's about it. This has so many more ways that you can advance and get around these things. And if you plan carefully and take your time, uh, you'll have a lot, you'll have a lot smoother transition to the, to the next screen. than, than if you played it the way that I play it. It's super fun. I like these snap jaws. That's a good name for them, um, which are basically like bear traps with eyes. <laughs> and they're great because it's kind of like you're being attacked by – it's kind of like having piranha out there because they're basically <laughs> all mouth and teeth. And they're they're kind of like 
in a sense, like little mechanical wind-up attack teeth <laughs> that are being released by Mario. And it's like a super fun enemy because they, they can move back and forth along platforms, but mostly they, they chomp up and down vines and chains so to make you have to jump off them or else they'll, they'll snap at you. And they're, they're, so there's them, the, the birds, the nitpickers, and then there's sparks in the fourth level, which are basically balls of electricity that move around. Uh, but it's the snapshots that are my favorite. Like they're a great looking enemy and they, they have a real, there's a real tension to them because they'll be snapping down down a vine toward you and stuff. So again, great mechanic. Like the 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 details in the mechanics and the details in the character design. It, it, it's just Nintendo at at its best. Everything is so cartoony and yet has some real tension to it. It's fun. Like it doesn't forget to be a fun game in again right. both the mechanics and the character design and the level design and lots of variety. But it's really like this is what Nintendo did and continues to do best when it's right on its game. Like this is this is one of the great Nintendo games. There are two types of snap jaws. There's the blue one, uh which comes down just comes down the vine and falls off the screen. And then there's the red snap jaw. And those are the ones that will climb back up the and come after you, and those tend to be more dangerous, but I think they move slower than the blue ones. Come at me, bro. And there's also, uh, but but you're not completely defenseless. You can pick a fruit, and if you when you pick the fruit, it falls to the bottom of the screen, and you get a bonus point for that. But it'll take out any enemy between itself and the bottom of the screen, so you can, I think, stack up to three for extra bonus points uh, when the fruit falls. So that's a, a way to rack up some points if you're patient and, and better at I'm this than patient. I am. So there I'm are keys. I think that you mentioned on the first three stages. Your goal is to you get the you have to get the key at the top of the stage, which it's, it unlocks um, your father, and then Mara takes him away. Well, there are four stages. Um, well, and it, it depends. On, okay, so this is an important point. It depends on the ROM that you played, because if you play the U.S. version, um, what's uh, the, the notes say that one or both of the middle stages are omitted during the first three levels. In the Japanese version, all four stages are played in their logical order. So it's possible that. If we were playing the U.S. version, which I think I was, um, that some of these stages were skipped in the first levels. And, of course, I never got beyond – I mean, three levels is an insane amount of boards for me. So You never got to the electricity? No. Oh, then I think I did beat you. Suck it, McGinnis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at this guy. I, I love it, but I'm terrible. I love it, too. We were talking off mic about one of the one – well, what I think is probably the primary downside of talking about a popular game. When we do a game that's a little bit more obscure, I can say, hey, my score is 1,000 or 50 or 100,000, and nobody listening really knows. Like, you, can't tell. We can, you can tell whether you or I did better that week, but you don't know in a greater context exactly how much we suck at video games for a pair of guys who review video games every week. But when you do a popular game, when you do a Donkey Kong, a Pac-Man, Donkey Kong Jr., the general public even, and especially people who would be not just the general public, but arcade fans who are enough of an arcade fan that they'll subscribe to our podcast, they probably know roughly how good they do at these games. Mm. And so they will instantly know that we shouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> our <laughs> scores are frankly embarrassing. I mean, I just, I like the games though. The fact that we're confused over the stages at this point <laughs> is, is a good I indicator. Mean, spent a week playing the actual game. <laughs> Well, and it's also entirely possible that I have no idea what I'm talking about. Anyway, those, whatever order they come in, those are the four stages. <laughs> I think we can agree <laughs> on that. At some point, these are the four things that you will do. And I find, in general, they, they have more visual – there's more, more going on, a, a word for ongoing, and then 
than Donkey Kong does. When Donkey Kong gets to the platform that has those same springy things in the original Donkey Kong, it's again just girdered levels and and um, ladders and little spring things on the bottom. And when you've got the essentially the equivalent level in Donkey Kong Jr., I find the hanging vines with the little spring thing on the bottom and its platforms that aren't just the same color sort of pink girder, but instead have the, the earth tones to them and, and the, the green, the lush green greenery on the, the bottom platforms and the hanging vines. I, I just visually, I find it much more interesting. And I like the colors a lot better. The colors in Donkey Kong Jr., which came out not long after Donkey Kong, I think look like there's a lot more going on. Like I prefer the colors and I find Donkey, the original Donkey Kong is a little harsh on the eyes with its, you know, pink girders and cyan ladders. And here you've got oranges and browns and greens and it's, it's more pleasant to look at if you're going to play a long game. Now that said, I don't play a long game in either of these. So I don't know what I'm complaining about, but I, I prefer the coloring of the, the, like in general, the use on the sprites and stuff. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the differences between the two games, and, and I wonder if that's uh, the result of of Nintendo having having been forced to to reverse engineer the code from the, the first uh, Donkey Kong. Uh, they did. Game, yep, Gamasutra dot com has an interesting article, really great article. It's called "The Secret History of Donkey Kong," and there's a, a section in it where they talk about custody battle and basically. So the original Donkey Kong was actually uh, developed by Ikigami. I think I'm pronouncing that properly. And they, um, they were, I guess there were some disputes or they didn't get along with each other and refused to, um, work with Nintendo anymore. But when Nintendo went to develop a, a sequel to Donkey Kong, they, it was discovered that they didn't actually have the distribution rights and, and didn't have the right to the code for Donkey Kong. And so they had to start over and go through and try and figure out what Ikigami had done and build a new game from that. And I wonder if that forced them to be more creative with sprites and colors and things than maybe they would have if they had just had, oh, we're just going to update the previous game code base. I did not know that. Look at me learning stuff on our own show. (laughs) The article says that Nintendo had to hire a contractor called Iwasaki Engineering to disassemble and reverse engineer the Donkey Kong code so that Nintendo could add new graphics, stages, mechanics, or a sequel. It ended up that um, Ikigami turned around and, and sued Nintendo for doing this, and, and the, the court case dragged on, I think, into the 90s, in, in fact, and uh, eventually it was settled out of court, and, and Ikigami was long out of the game business by that point. But it's sort of interesting to see what Nintendo was forced to do because they weren't able to develop the game the way they normally would have had they had access to the code. That's cool. Nice. Cool. I'll make sure we have a link to that in, in the linky place. Sure. I, I'm going to my linky place. <laughs> Linkies. We like Binkies. I got Donkey Kong, and now I'll get you too, Junior. I'm Donkey Kong Junior, and that's my papa. I'm trying to save him, and boy, do I need your help. Nintendo's Donkey Kong Junior, the arcade game, is now the Super Bowl video game. Save your papa, huh? Save yourself first. He's chasing me with snapping jaws, and I could fall. Help Donkey Kong Junior save his papa on your ColecoVision, Atari 2600 VCS, or Intellivision video game system. Game players everywhere, please help me save my papa. So this game. I like the enemies, I like the sprites, I like the colors, I like the game mechanics. I mean, there's a ton to like here. Um, and I'm just going to continue the, the, the love fest here with the sound. I love the music. I love the sound. I think it's really well implemented. Like, this is a game that's, I, I try to be 
balanced in the review and said, well, what are the downsides? <laughs> and there's not a lot down here. Like, I just, I really, really enjoy playing this game. And I think the music um, and the sounds as well are really, are they're pleasant to hear and they don't, they're not grating. It's all very catchy. And I, I found, okay, so you're playing through the first level and there's that, there's this sort of tune playing and I forget what it is, but it's really catchy. And I thought when I first heard it, I'm like, man, this is really going to bug me and annoy me. And it came close sometimes when I was getting frustrated because I couldn't figure out how to get past the level. But it's not quite annoying enough where I was pumping in other music just so I didn't have to hear it. Uh, the actual game sounds are great. Uh, I love everything. Yeah, I can't find a lot to complain about here, um, which, I mean, it's me. I should be able to complain about anything. Um, the the music that you hear in so so the intro sequence before the gameplay is actually from uh, box Takata and Fugan D minor and then there's a cutscene with uh, right before Mario's hideout stage that's from the Can Can and I think the other stuff may be may have been either public domain or stuff that they composed internally. I could be wrong on that. You probably are. I'm sure I am. It's a good chance. <laughs> <laughs> so this was one of the five games. Um, in 1983, there was the first official video game world championship, and this was one of the five games selected to be in that. Oh, so okay. rarefied, rarefied company there. Mm. I think it was the. Um, I think it was filmed by That's Incredible. Like it became oh. a, like a That's Incredible segment. Okay. Television isn't as good anymore that we don't have things like That's <laughs> Incredible, and in particular, Battle of the Network Superstars. We should have like Battle of the YouTube Superstars or something. I would totally watch that. TV just takes itself way too seriously these days. It does. I don't take it seriously. I don't even have it, but I would watch that. I'm saying <laughs> I would subscribe. Um, so I think we should talk about ports because this got ported to like everything. <laughs> like it's like because it's on the, the NES, the Famicom, I think the Atari 2600 and 7800. I think it was on the Atari XE and television, BBC Micro. Um, it was on Coleco Atom. And I think, yeah, ColecoVision. Basically, it was on everything. Yeah, it seems like a fairly. A uh, simple mechanic to port, um, not a lot of firepower in there. Of course, the Apple II didn't get it, but um, boo. boo. It was designed and programmed by Shigeru Miyamoto and his Yay. team. The music, was <laughs> the music was done by Hirokazu Tanaka, and the game was produced by Gunpei Yokoi. I think I pronounced that sort of close, maybe, just enough to really butcher it. Uh, and I'm sorry, go ahead. Was I going to go ahead? I thought you were breathing in to say something. I, just, I was just excited to be part of it. I'm, just part, I'm excited to be part of the show, <laughs> I'm just, man. I'm just happy to be here, man. Um, I think about the, the music is often one of the things that didn't port as well, or the sounds don't port as well. I don't find the sounds as nice on the, the NES version. Mm -hmm. um, although it did have, if I recall, all the stages, like all four stages of this game in whatever order are in the NES version, which wasn't the case for the Donkey Kong on NES. So that's an advantage. Advantage junior um it was ported to the game and watch i think oh yeah two twice like a black and white and a color version and it was ported for the e-reader i kept reading it this is on the e-reader i'm like what kind of e how can an e-reader play this game because <laughs> i'm thinking like the sony e-reader like i basically got kindle but i guess the e-reader was actually for the game boy advance and i had a game boy but i never had the advance i never had the one that i actually like with the the game boy advance screen in the middle controls on either side i know everybody likes the advanced sp but i find like the way i hit the controls the screen's then wiggling around and flapping at me <laughs> like if I find it hard so i prefer the Controls on either side for, for I can wail on the buttons. <laughs> um, and I guess the e-reader was an a, a accessory for the advance I never knew about. And it plugs in and it reads, it like scans cards. And the card has the code for the, 
for the game or for accessories. And so Donkey Kong Jr. was one of the, the cards you could get and scan it with your e-reader, and then you'd be able to play the game. I, I never knew anything about this. How did, I, how did I miss that completely? So I'll put a link in the, the show notes about that in case anybody else wants to know. And I think it was, a, it was a, like a launch title for the Famicom. I mean, this is a game that you know has some chops. It was on, on everything. There was, a, there was Donkey Kong Classics, which is a NES cart that has both Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr., and I think it was on the 3DS most recently. It had a cereal. There's Donkey Kong Jr. cereal and, and little <laughs> fruit, bananas, and cherries in it, I think. And Aww. I'm just bringing that up as an excuse to play a commercial. Donkey Kong Jr. cereal. It's pretty wild. It's a jungle of delight in every fruity bite of Donkey Kong Jr. cereal. Wild. Told ya. It tastes like fruit and it's lots of fun. New Donkey Kong Jr. cereal is part of this complete breakfast. It tastes like fruit and it's lots of fun. It's wild with fruit flavor. Donkey Kong Jr. cereal. Probably was inserted right there. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a question for you, though, about Donkey Kong. No, sir. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr., rather. I disagree. Uh, this, 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 you have to listen to the question. Then oh, if I don't disagree with the question, <laughs> you're very difficult to podcast with, Mister McGinnis. <laughs> oh, you knew that. Kill screen. Does Donkey Kong Junior? Well, I wouldn't know from my playing, but Donkey Kong itself has a kill screen. Everybody plays till they get to the kill screen. Oh, they're all so fancy with the billion dollar billion point <laughs> games. And look at look at me. Um, does Donkey Kong Junior also have a kill screen? You know, I don't know that. Oh, let me Google it then. I figured you would know all these things. And while you're Googling that, I will say that I'm reading about uh, the development of the game here. And um, back in that Game of Sutra article, uh, it says... You're still reading that article? I am. Um, (laughs) Shigeru Miyamoto's had been... His mind had been racing. He's looking for more ideas because he developed the original Donkey Kong. And uh, he he wanted to show that the ape was... It says more complex than just a big, mean ape. So he considered telling the story from Kong's perspective. But... Donkey Kong was simply too big to be a player character, so Miyamoto made him a father and introduced a new hero uh, out to rescue his father from the vindictive Mario. So there's where the storyline came from. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I like the fact that this is a sequel not like most video game sequels. Like, usually a video game sequel is just the same game again, but with more enemies or a new weapon or whatever. Or the next planet, right. Exactly. But this is more like a true sequel. Like, it's the next chapter in the story i do think it should have been a pauline thing like we already had a trio of characters and they should have shaken that up but still it is an interesting twist to instead if we're gonna then say no let's put donkey kong in is the one being captured then i guess you say well then who saves donkey Kong? who's the equivalent could have been a donkey kong late lady donkey kong lady kong <laughs> Um, Ms. Lady Kong or whatever they would do, <laughs> which would be just, you know, Donkey Kong with a bow because that's the character. Um, and lipstick. Yeah, but it's, so at least they do introduce a related character and off you go. And 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 I like that they, I they like were... The, the onesie. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm basically I like that, saying. I like that they changed perspectives to the, the, yeah. the POV of the story being told. Uh, switched around and switched around effectively. You know, you didn't you didn't end up with some... Um, character that was one dimensional, or, or well, now I'm just being. Well, we don't really add a lot so. to Donkey Kong himself in here because now it's just well, no. he was a big meanie and now he's a big meanie in a cage. But you understand why Donkey Kong Jr. is coming after Mario. Yep. Uh, the game featured a Z80 at 3.072 megahertz. It used an, an Intel 8035 uh, CPU for the sound at 400 kilohertz. 
and a DAC. It's a, uh, a two-player alternating with a four-way joystick and one button for jump. Cool. It has a kill screen, by the way. It does. Does it have a cabinet? <laughs> it has a great cabinet. It's a, it has an orange cabinet. Like, it's a Nintendo cabinet, so it looks like all the Nintendo cabinets. See any review we've done of a Nintendo <laughs> game, and it's that cabinet. The primary color, like I said, is orange, so it's got orange sides, orange speaker grill below the control panel, and an orange uh, front plate, I guess you'd call it, around the area around the coin door and the, the lower part of the front. Um, the actual control panel and monitor bezel and marquee are all mostly blue, though, so that's its main color scheme. It's the blue and orange one. Uh, the marquee has the Donkey Kong logo, or Donkey Kong Jr. logo, rather, a bit confusing otherwise, uh, with Mario uh, to the left of it and apes on the right of it. And the bezel around the monitor has a nice... You know, very colorful side art and shows the climbing vines and trees and apes, you know, monkey stuff. And the (laughs) control panel has uh, similar style art, plus a little instructions and control panel on the left. It's a four-way joystick and one button, just labeled jump, so nice simple controls. I like that. Uh, Side art, hooray, like the side art, like most Mm -hmm. of the Nintendo cabs. In fact, I guess like all the Nintendo cabs, it's only got half height Side art, which always disappoints me a little, i got to say. Uh, but it's very cartoony, and I really like the look of it. It's colorful. It's effective. I really like the overall artwork and design of all the Nintendo gabs. They, the gabs. Nintendo cabs with a C, even. Um, <laughs> they make nice, they're, they're nice, nicely collectible cabinets, I guess. I mean, since there's a number of them with the same cabinet shape, and they're really only differentiated by their art and controls, which are all very similar, um, but they're all of uniformly high quality and related in sort of their art style. They make for a great, great um, collectible target. Like you could just say, I'm going to collect only Nintendo cabs and, and yet still have a nice variety. And the same way you could do like only Atari cabs. Certain manufacturers have a, a style to them. You can tell a Nintendo cab. And I like that. I really like that they're all so nice looking and all such high quality and they, they all reflect the game that you're playing and they reflect the sort of let's have fun tone of a Nintendo game, which again, Nintendo has carried through. And I really enjoy that. Um, there was also a cocktail cabinet, which like all cocktails was less exciting to look at. It only had art under the top glass. So it's, you know, it's a cocktail. There was unfortunately no environmental cabinet, which could have been awesome. You could have to like <laughs> hang inside from chains Vines or something. Stuff, yeah. This was a real missed opportunity in Nintendo. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just saying. Um, but overall, though, it's a, it's a, it's a nice cabinet, and I really, I really like it. Um, Price wise, they're all over the place. Nintendo cabs really don't go for a ton, um, but to get a, a, like a fully reconditioned one, you can, you know. You could go and drop eight hundred, a thousand, twelve hundred dollars one of these things, but there's not really a need to. They're fairly available cabinets, so you can pick them up for hundreds of dollars instead, um, and they're really nice looking. So I, I dig them. I dig them all, and I think Donkey Kong Junior. is one of the the nicest looking ones, and it's a neat sort of inverted color scheme over the original Nintendo, the original Donkey Kong rather, which was blue on the front and had more orange on its monitor and control panel and bezel and here we've got an orange cab with blue as the primary color on those three areas so they look related but almost reversed to each other so it also makes the cabinet itself kind of a sequel to the donkey Kong cab and i and the fact that they they went that way just shows how they're focused on those little details and i think that's fantastic i dig it big thumbs up for me yep i'm a huge fan i don't think the game and i don't think it would have been possible for the game to have uh quite um 
a cultural, quite the cultural impact that the first one did because it's a sequel. But I think it was still fabulously popular. I think it was a better game overall than Donkey Kong. I enjoyed it a lot. I suck at this game and I found it to be, <laughs> it was very frustrating, but I would find that as I was, you know, doing other things during my day, I would be thinking through in my head, well, how can I get past this? And I would have an idea, ooh, I got the idea, and I would have to run over to to, to my computer and, and load it up and, and play and see if I got it. So there's certainly a, a come-back-and-play-me um, attraction to this game. There's also a, a cheat that you can play forever. There's something called a play-forever cheat. That's, that's what I'm going to blame for you getting a higher score than me. Well, no, because it does it, – a cheat that I read about it. I can't do it, and it makes <laughs> no sense to me. So, okay, so how it works is in the arcades, and also supposedly a name, but, I mean, who could even try this? You, Someone will write in and correct me. Remember back when people write in, here's another opportunity to say it. So you make ding, it, ding. You, you set off a two-player game, but there's just going to be one of you playing. So right away, this cheat costs you an extra quarter. So, But let's say you do that. So you pump in two quarters, and then with player two, when you first start, so play, player one plays until they die. So for me, that might be anywhere on the first level even. And then player two <laughs> comes up. And so supposedly this person, like who's has their player one die, but is now still a master of this, on the very first board... Um, just the, the Vines thing, you take take uh, Donkey Young Jr., t- Jr., let's call him, all the way to the right on those little bottom ledges, like as far as you can go, and then you go into a sitting position. So not like you're ready to jump, but you, like, you know, when you move, there's that, that sitting. So you get into that sitting sprite, and then when the blue snapper comes down the vine, the vine right next to you, as soon as the snapper, you know, they go down, they, they go, like you said, they, the blue ones don't go back up the vines. They come down and they fall off and they just fall off the board. You jump toward it so that you and the snapper both land in the water at the exact same time. So the game will go jump back to player one, um, but it doesn't count as like a, a death for player one. Like you're playing on player two's quarter in a sense. So you can do this every time player one dies and you can essentially play forever because it's jumping you back into a character. You haven't incremented the the player count for player one. It seems to me a very difficult thing to implement because you don't implement it once and you've got infinite coins. You, like every single time you have to go over the right and time this jump perfectly. <laughs> I didn't try it because I really don't think it's something I could do. But supposedly that exists. I can see why Nintendo... I mean, it's not that they could issue a patch. <laughs> I can say, oh, <laughs> but I don't even think that this is a big problem because to get to the point where you could do that, you would have had to pump a lot of quarters in the machine anyway. And you now turn your game into a two quarter game because you have to play two player. So I guess you, it could be Nintendo might have eventually seen it as, okay, if you're a very good player and have given us a ton of money anyway, and you would prefer to give us two quarters per play, we'll give you, uh, you can have infinite characters and play as long as you, until you get bored. That seems like a fair deal. <laughs> so, I, and I don't see how it helps you in MAME because the quarters are infinite anyway. Um, anyway, I just want to bring it up because it is technically a cheat available in the actual game. Well, did you use that to get your high score, Carrington? <laughs> My score doesn't even... Okay, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I think I might have done better than you, I guess, because... Yeah. I hit more levels than you. It doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily the case because you, this, my scores would vary wildly per board because a lot comes down to, you know, how well you do and do you get all the fruits and do you knock out enemies? Every once in a while I'd be playing on, usually on the first level and I could time it so a fruit would hit an enemy. But I didn't really focus on trying to do that much. I'm just trying to stay alive. So it's all I patterns really and have, timing. 
I don't have the eye of the tiger monkey you want to play this thing. But my, according to the little screenshots, my embarrassing, embarrassing little scores on the screenshots for this week, I got 26,500. Now, I know our listeners all just cringed that, like, I can't even get 100 grand. No, I can't. Okay. I can't get 100,000 in this game. I get 26,500. That's what I can do. Leave me alone. Um, and I don't necessarily think that I did worse this week than i typically do i think that's probably a fairly typical game for me so not my game when it comes scoring wise but still a game i really really enjoy so twenty six thousand five hundred. how did you do mr mcginnis well mr vanston you can feel a little bit better about yourself because i was only able to get nineteen thousand eight hundred points i do feel great about myself it has <laughs> nothing to do with your score i see well yeah this i I will definitely be coming back and playing a lot more of Donkey Kong Jr. Oh, yeah. It, I, it goes into the favorites, definitely. Yeah. It's, this certainly feels like a game that, I, as I'm playing, it's very difficult, but I, these are I'm losing because I'm not good enough at the game. And if I continue to play and practice and sort of start learning the, the timings and the patterns, I feel like I can do better and continue on. And those are the games that I tend to return to rather than the ones where I feel like I'm up against, you know, this computer just going to beat me every time and I'm never going to get anywhere. And, and those I move on from and I come back and I play a game like this. I agree. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it so much. Like yeah, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about this game and it doesn't mean it's like the best game ever, but I like Pretty the close. mechanics. I like the character design. I like the sound. I like the colors. I like the going up and down the vines in two different ways. The game is fun to play and enough of a challenge, at least for me and you, it seems that you can keep coming back <laughs> to it and always have something new to play. So that's super fun. I find that the original Donkey Kong game kind of bores me. Um, and I'm not even great at that game, but I'll play it enough that I'm like, it doesn't call to me Donkey Kong Jr. On the other hand, always appeals to me and i will be far more likely to play this versus the original donkey kong whenever i'm in like a let me play as a monkey sort of mood now i forgot to look up the the high score twin galaxies did you happen to write that down when you were i did yes one million so it's already beat us one million four hundred twelve thousand two hundred mark keel i think it's pronounced keel k-i-e-h-l he did it in just june of last year june of 2013 um so yeah and it's bumping out like when you look at the when you look at the official list of scores it re, it's basically a who's who because billy mitchell was previously the number one with like 1.2 million and change and steve weeby used to be number two is now bumped to number three and both of them got their scores very close to each other back in 2010 so um but a lot of the names on the top list over at twin galaxies were ones that i had recognized it's all the usual people oh speaking of recognizing patrick scott patterson really like his YouTube stuff and he does really cool things. The original PSP, uh, his score is number 10 on the NTSC version on the home version. So he's got the 10th best score for Donkey Kong jr. On that. So I thought it was cool. Shout out to Patrick. Well done. You, I don't think my scores will ever come close to even 10th best. <laughs> no, 10th best was 800,000 or something. <laughs> oh goodness. So yeah, no, it's like, of course, of course not. We're not going to get on the, I think the, uh, our scores put us somewhere in the, <laughs> I don't know. I think somewhere at 45. <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> so yeah, it just, it's not even, okay. Just looking it up. Yeah. My score would make me number 47 if I recorded and put it in. So there you go. Did you know that this game spawned a, f a cereal? Apparently there was a, a, a fruit flavored uh, cereal. The, the pieces were shaped by like bananas and cherries and Donkey Kong Jr. Is on the front of the box wearing a red shirt with a big yellow J on it. I do remember that. I think I heard that, um, in our podcast about 15 minutes ago, you wonker. 
You did? Oh, I yes. must have been doing something else. <laughs> you don't listen when I talk. I don't listen to you at all, really. <laughs> what? what? What podcast is this? I do the also... the Open podcast, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> the thing I like about the... Like, Donkey Kong Jr. just... I mean, it's, it comes from that period of time where you'd get a serial and it would be, and the characters get used in other games. Like, like, like you even t- like later on in animal crossing, you can, you can play this actual game in animal crossing, but you can play the donkey Kong jr. Like the actual character in super Mario Kart for the SNES. And, and, and I like that the characters, there's sort of like a world of Nintendo and the donkey Kong jr. And donkey Kong himself, um, appear in lots of things in that world. And so they are, you know, they're, they're characters in the theatrical sense as well, which I like about the Nintendo world and the Nintendo franchises that, that they do that sort of thing. So I, I don't know. I dig it. I dig, uh, I've never, I don't play Donkey Kong and I don't play Donkey Kong Jr. in those games when they appear, but he's just, you know, part of, part of the world and I dig it. I want to eat that cereal. No, you don't. Actually, what I want to do is a, com- a comparison. I want to do like a trial where I eat some some of the the Donkey Kong Junior cereal, and then I try some of the Donkey Kong Crunch, and we decide which is better. I think you should have a YouTube channel. These are, <laughs> that would these be are, fun because gold. because you could be on Twitch with that it's, because it's then you related. would because then you, you would see me cereal. throwing up on on camera. No, just, and nobody wants just to see sitting that. eating eating just, just video sitting game cereals eating, on Twitch, sitting on my <laughs> sitting on my couch watching television, eating the cereal. <laughs> But, but it's a video game cereal, so it's okay to be on Twitch. That'd be hilarious. Oh, I you just, sit, you just sit silently chewing as you go through bowl oh, after bowl. Be awful. And try to loop it in a way that it's really just the one <laughs> bowl of cereal. But if you can, and they just put that looped video up and see how long people will watch. Oh, TV gold, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Absolutely. Would you own this cabinet, Carrington? I mean, I know this is easy to emulate in MAME and stuff, but is this one that if you saw it at like an auction or something and it was affordable, would you pick it up? It had to be really cheap, to be honest. No, I'm not into the Nintendo games that much. I love, I, I really like this game. Like, I've had nothing bad to say about it. Like, it's, it's a nice looking cabinet and it's a really fun game. Like, I really do enjoy playing it, but I'm only ever going to have so much space for cabinets. And at the moment, I have two of them. Um, and I think if I was to pick up additional cabinets, unless for some reason I could have my own full on arcade where I'm now getting 50 cabinets, the odds of me including any game that didn't, was, wasn't either like, a, the game itself means a ton to me and is one of my you know top three favorite games or it's got to be something where the control scheme or the monitor is such that it makes it hard for me to accurately play the game in main and hmm. and donkey kong jr just doesn't pass that test so i really really like this game and i'd be very happy to have a cabinet like it's a cabinet that's super fun and friends come over like people pick it up and play and like, this is a great game it's a it's a family game it's a friends would like it game but nope, I need something with a, like a weird control panel or something like that. I'm going to pick up a Discs of Tron before I pick up this. Sure. Mm, okay. And what about you? I think that if I had an original, if I had a Donkey Kong cabinet, I would pick up the board because I guess it's easy to switch switch the, the original cabinet into a Donkey Kong Jr. I don't know if it's just swapping the boards, but it's, I guess, a pretty easy switch. So if I had the original Donkey Kong, I'd probably see if I could pick up a board somewhere. I don't know that I would go out of my way to grab one of these cabinets just to play Donkey Kong Jr., but man, it sure is a lot of fun. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I accept that answer. Thank you. I appreciate your acceptance. I acknowledge that. So Uh, what what, what are we going to do for next week? (laughs) Is that where you were going with that? This is the game that we're playing next week. (laughs) 
So I think it's going to be a short show uh, this week because nobody wrote us because nobody's listening, I guess. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's depressing. I think people are listening. I think people are busy doing well, their, you know, their holiday shopping. We started out. For started us, out. maybe people are buying us stuff. Maybe they're too busy. They can't write in because they're out at malls facing the crowds and fighting things just to buy us gifts. What That, that could be what's happening. We started out with the, the death of Ralph Barron. We're, we're ending with, we have no listeners. Yay, us. We have silent listeners. <laughs> They're the, the vast silent appreciative majority. We appreciate each and every one of you. Well, not you over there, sir. <laughs> Except for you, Doug. All our listeners named Doug just freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback can be sent by email to noquarter at monsterfeet.com, or you can find us on Facebook as No Quarter Podcast, and on Twitter, we are at No Quarter Show. You can also find us on both the Throwback Network and the Real Retro Junkies Network. All of these links, plus the show notes, are available at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet podcasts, the original material in this episode has been released to the public domain.